Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Thursday, March 10th, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I look forward to doing this show and answering all your questions, helping you with your financial matters any way I can. And I'm always careful to give you my straight and unbiased opinion and answers about things. So, and I have no hidden agenda. I really don't. Uh, you know, I want to be as straightforward as I can and You know, we need answers. I think you need answers, and I'll give you them as best I can. I promise you that. So, and by now, it's obvious at some point that you are responsible for your own financial well-being, right? I mean, that's obvious. Um, People don't, when you're young, you first get into the workforce, you don't even think about it. Doesn't cross your mind. You're just working. You're working. But, you know, at some point, you know, and hopefully that point is earlier in life than later in life, you realize you you better get prepared for retirement. And no, no one young wants to talk about retirement, but you really should give it some thought. The earlier you start, the easier it's going to be. And, of course, with, with, with that said, Justin and I have always told you that the market is volatile, right? I mean, the Russian-Ukraine war is causing lots of turbulence in the stock market, but we had turbulence before it. Because of the Federal Reserve's uh, intent to raise rates, and they're going to do it this month for the first time in I don't know how many years, years and years. Because before, it was always easing rates, lowering rates. Now, they've turned the corner. We're going to start raising rates. And I think they're going to raise rates this month, and I think they will continue to raise rates and we had lots of inflation out this morning. I reported for last month, so I, I can't see them not raising rates. Now, I will say this. I think they're way too late in raising rates. They should have started last year. But looking forward, I think they should slow down the pace, the pace that they have announced that they're going to be on. Because there's going to be repercussions from this Russia-Ukraine war that are rebounding. And we've seen them in oil prices. Oil prices are already going up. Now, this just caused more oil prices. And doing of course, that means higher inflation, but it also is going to impact the economy, the world economy, our economy. It's going to have an impact. And I don't know exactly what that impact will be, and neither does the Fed, and neither does anybody else in our government. So be careful out there. Our mission statement is the same as it is every time we do this show, independent thinking and shared success. That means we'll give you straight information, straight answers on 
uh, stocks, education, about the economy, anything you want, anything financial will be forthright and plain in our speech. We're not going to hide anything. Try not to anyways. So I encourage you to contact me with your financial investment questions. You do uh, drive the show in the direction you want because you get to ask the questions. And you can do that right now, by the way. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, so that means we're live right now. So either way, the number never changes. If you get it to us live or after show, it always is the same. You can always ask a question. The number is 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first listener question. Hey, Steve. Hey, Justin. My name is Kyle from Florida. Long-time listener of your show. Love your guys' stuff. Thanks for everything. I have a question about Google, G-O-O-G. Uh, with their upcoming 20-to-1 split in July, do you think it is worth buying it now or wait for post-split? Because I'm anticipating them increasing the prices for everyone being able to buy in after the split. Thanks a lot. I look forward to your response. Well, first of all, I wouldn't buy uh, Google uh, uh, based on their splitting. You buy Google because you like the fundamentals. You like the company. You think it's doing well. And they did announce a 20-for-1 split, and they also announced a $10 billion buyback, which is more important than the split itself. The stock is selling for $2,653. So, you know, if you have one share after the split date, you're going to have 20 shares, right? But the stock price will also split, right? So... It's going to be down to, you know, it's going to be a very low price, much lower price stock than it has been. So I will say this. The, one of the reasons why they're splitting is to drive the stock price lower so that it's available to more investors. Many people won't pay $2,653 to buy a stock. Because it's just too expensive, you know, that to them, they think it is a high price in dollars, but not necessarily related to its earnings. So it, it you know, it, I think that it does, once, once after it splits, it'll probably go up a little bit because more people will be attracted to buy it because it'd be much less, what, $132 or something like that after the 20 for one split. Yeah, 10 for 1 is 265. So, yeah, 132 bucks per share is what it will be trading at after the split. So, uh, if I if if you wanted to own this company, I'd just go ahead and buy it. I'd probably do it before the split actually happens. Okay? My focus point today is based on a story the Department of Justice might be looking at criminal obstruction charges for a fang stock. You know what stock I'm talking about? Criminal obstruction charges mm-hmm. for one of the big tech companies. We'll see how that turns out. My trivia question today concerns part two of the financial mistakes that could deplete your wealth. Remember we talked about it on Tuesday, part one? Well, that's going to be at the halfway mark of the show. We'll have the second part of that question. I want to talk about the CPI, Consumer Price Index, inflation number for February. Do uh, you know McDonald's is shutting down all its Russian locations? you know how much money that's going to cost them? Amazon plans on splitting, as we just mentioned in the caller, 20 for 1. 
So I don't think we'll talk about that anymore today. And drilling, you know, oil prices have been skyrocketing, but have, have we drilling? Have we been drilling more? Or how much drilling are we doing to get new oil? I mean, it's, you know, the politics behind it is confusing the issue. But really, are, how much are we drilling? You know, we're really trying to get past the politics, and let's get to the facts. Okay? See if we can get to some of the facts anyways. That's what we're going to talk about. But, of course, time permitting, you know, you come first, not me. Not what I want to talk about. You do. The market was down today. The Dow was down 112 points. The NASDAQ down 126 points. And the S&P down 18. So the over broader market was only down 18 points. It wasn't much of a down move today. So we had a really big up day this week, kind of a relief rally. But it didn't have much follow-through. So we need that follow-through. And we didn't get it. So I, we're still in a kind of downward trend, people. It's the way it is. Phone lines are open. You can call now, 888-99-CHART. You've got a portfolio to grow and protect, so get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Bobby in Atlanta. I want to talk about Seagate Technologies. Hi, Bobby. Hey, Steve. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for the call. Yeah, I was thinking to buy some. I mean, I understand tech sector has been beaten down, and I thought this was at a value play, but what do you think? Let's see if it's value. It's how valuable it is. Seagate Technology, everybody, STX is the symbol. It's an Ireland-based holding company that manufactures hard disk drives for the enterprise and desktop mobile computing and other type of things. It's only an Ireland-based because uh, it was trying to avoid paying taxes a few years back, a number of years back, and relocated to Ireland because of a less tax base. But I don't think it did them much good. Uh, anyways, they're going to make $8.97 this year after making $5.64 last year. So that's pretty good. And next year, they're going to make $10.05 a share. So that means the PE is 8.8, and the range, the five-year range, is 6.6 to 19. So it's really down there toward the low end of the range. So as far as value, that looks pretty good. Pays a 3.2% mm-hmm. dividend. So is it is it stopped falling, though? It had a bad week, as you saw, I'm sure. The question is, is it done right. falling? I think it has a very good chance of the of being of being stabilized between seventy five and eighty dollars a share, somewhere in that range. So I wouldn't be in a big rush here at eighty eight dollars and seventy two cents. Let's see if it falls down to that era eighty dollar, eighty dollar, or a little bit below range. And I think that would be a good place to pick it up. Now, mind you, it could turn around tomorrow, right? It could. And if you really need to get in it quickly, you could go ahead and buy maybe half your position now and see if it pulls down more to buy the other half, if that's what you want. But it is a good value, really is. And it's a well-run company. Okay? The only worry I have, a little bit of worry I have, is they have lots of debt. They've got the cash flow to carry the debt, but they do have a lot of debt. Bobby, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. My focus point today is based on this story. The Department of Justice might be looking at a criminal obstruction charge 
or a particular FANG stock. Uh, FANG book, remember FANG, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. One of those. So that's going to be the main talking point. Why don't we talk about, can I talk about that? We have time, everybody? Uh, my um, Okay, let's talk about that now. The particular stock we're, is Amazon. Amazon. Amazon's in trouble because they gave answers to a committee, a subcommittee, that's bipartisan group of lawmakers, uh, and the answers they gave were confusing, misleading, and then when the committee wanted committee committee wanted more information, they kind of uh, Amazon stonewalled them. So. They've asked the Department of Justice. Now, this is bipartisan. It's not the Democrats or the Republicans. Bipartisan have asked the Department of Justice to open up an investigation. Huh. Uh, potentially criminal obstruction charges called uh, criminal obstruction of, just, of Congress against Google executives. So it could be a big issue down the road. You cannot just... Think you can stonewall Congress? You, you know, if they ask questions, you got to answer them. And they say now, Amazon says we've given all the reams and reams of information. Okay, but see, that doesn't matter. Government has unlimited power of investigating. They have unlimited funds, so they can continue asking. And you, you have one thing. The, the one thing you can do: continue in answering. You've got to continue to supply what they want. No matter what, and this is all about you know uh, monopolistic practices and what data they they use and how they use it to to further their dominance. And it's all about monopoly. What that's what the aim is: is Amazon a monopoly? And in their practices and how they do things. And if they weren't vague on some of their answers, or confusing, or misleading, or giving. D- an- different answers at different times, they probably wouldn't have these problems. But I mentioned numerous times that the big fang stocks, Google and and uh, Google, Facebook, uh, and Amazon, not so much Apple, but those three, Amazon, Google, Facebook, they're going to have issues because the way they conduct business, they can't, you know, you can be big, but you can't be monopolistic. In your practices. Justin and I are grateful for the podcast, everybody, and we're grateful for all the downloads you guys have been doing. We really appreciate that. And there's a couple other ways you can download and get information from us. You can go to Invest Talk. Uh, you know, Invest Talk has a YouTube channel now, and we also have an Instagram following. So we're building out our numbers and building out information for you, information we hope you can use, and you need it. You really do. Investor phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin and Steve. My question is about gold and silver. Now that gold has broken out, I wanted to think ahead about what to do if it does continue to run up since I did not take profits last summer. 
I currently own Newmont NEM, Franco Nevada FNV for gold and we tin precious metals WPM for some silver exposure. And I wanted to ask what you guys are planning on doing with your gold positions. Is there a price target for NEM or FNV specifically? And how do you feel about the current valuation now and would you add? And at what level would you sell it at? Is it when inflation dies down or does it have to do with the company's earnings and how they do moving forward? I've held all positions for more than two years and I'm currently up 15 to 30% so far. I uh, appreciate any thoughts and comments. Thank you. Bye. Well, um, we still hold our gold positions. Uh, we, we, we thought they would rise last year because of inflation and they really didn't. They didn't start to rise till this year. And they're still in the upward mode. Uh, I don't think we'll – we're not going to add. That we're not going to do. Um, if anything, we'll take profits, okay? We're not going to get out either. Don't 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 take that statement that we're going to take profits as I mean we're going to get out of all the positions. No, we may trim the more overvalued or overpriced positions um, and just hold the other ones. It, 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 and we're still going to wait with – you know, we still have a lot of unknowns. You know, interest rates are rising. That's a big unknown. Where that's going to go, how that's going to happen, uh, how, what what effect it'll have on the economy, and we're we're dealing with inflation. Inflation is getting worse, not better, from this Russian Ukraine war. So, you know, we had high inflation numbers out this morning, but I think they're going to be higher for the, this month than they were last month. So inflation is a problem. How does the Fed fight inflation? Raises interest rates. How does that fight inflation? Raising interest rates. Well, the theory is if you raise interest rates, you'll slow down the economy. You'll tighten up money supply. And tightening money supply will slow down the economy. But we are so loose in our money supply, I think we've got a lot of slack that we need to tighten up. So let's see if how that works out. The inflation number out this morning was for February. The CPI number was up eight tenths of one percent. They expected it to be up seven tenths of one percent, and the month before it was up six tenths of one percent. So core inflation was up five tenths of one percent, and it was up five tenths of one percent. The expectation was five tenths, and it was up six tenths the month before. So year over year, that gives us a seven point nine percent inflation rate overall. And a core inflation rate of 6.4%. So inflation is still a major problem. Uh, it, if you were listening to the radio last year, I was telling you that the Fed has said that they're going to let inflation run. And they did all last year. And they're still letting it run this year. Not really paying a lot of attention to it. They're watching it, but they're not paying a lot of attention. At one point last year... Uh, or, uh, repeatedly, they said that inflation, deflation is temporary. I don't think they think that anymore. I don't think that's their uh, their, their their line that they're giving out these days. You know, so pay attention to what the Fed says and what the Fed does. It could be two different things. But right now, they're still very loose on money supply. Still are. So that's. McDonald's. McDonald's is closing all its Russian stores. Do you know how much it's going to cost them per month? 
$50 million per month. That's what's going to cost McDonald's to shut down all their business in Russia. McDonald's got in Russia 20, 30 years ago. I mean, they were entering Russia when very few people were. And they had a hell of a time when they first were entering Russia because Russia didn't have a consistent supply of beef or chicken or other things that McDonald's needed. So that McDonald's had to open up farms to produce that stuff themselves in Russia to supply the stores. So all that's coming to a halt. It's going to be very, uh, I don't, it's going to be painful. I mean, but you got to remember, McDonald's is huge. Okay, we're talking about a company that has a $165 billion company that does $6 billion a quarter or $36 billion a year. And this is going to be $50 million a month. Ten months is, uh, what, uh, a, a billion, uh, $500 million? So $600 million a year loss of business from the Russian business out of $6 billion a quarter or $36 billion a year. So it's still a small piece of McDonald's. Proper planning is crucial when it comes to your finances, and you know I've said that many times. So, you need to make good decisions, wealth decisions, good ones, okay? Because the bottom line is it's your money. You have to survive on it long term. So, as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Can you name five of the ten mistakes that could deplete your financial wealth? Now, I presented part one on Tuesday, so after the break, I will wrap it up with part two of this educational question. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life 
that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. listening to invest talk we've seen the markets go up then down sideways and around it's called volatility and if you're a serious investor you'll have finance and investment questions for steve peasley he's here now taking your calls live invest talk 888-99 chart okay remember i gave you five of these answers before and remember the question is is the 10 mistakes that you can do to destroy your wealth, your wealth building. So these are six through 10. Uh, not having an emergency fund. You should always have an emergency fund. And many, the, the rule of thumb for a lot of people is three months salary. And that money should be liquid and there if you need it for an emergency. Emergency is not buying a new car. Emergency is, you know, if your old car is fine. Emergency is not buying some new vacation. That's not an emergency. Emergency funds are for real emergencies, everybody. Investing in real estate with short with a short time horizon. You know, real estate is one of those investments that takes years and sometimes decades to develop to profitability. So when you do invest in real estate, don't buy it for, oh, I'm going to buy it for a couple of years and then flip it. That's You're going to leave that to the experts who do that. You and I just can't do that and become profitable at it. Number eight, become too conservative with investments, especially when you're near retirement. Don't just go all to bonds or money market or CDs. You still need to grow your money in retirement. You just need to be less aggressive with it. Less aggressive does not mean very conservative. It does not mean that. You still need to grow that money. Okay. Number nine, lack of diversification across net worth. In other words, you don't have all your money in one thing. I have all my money in Google because it's a great stock and I love it. And then we're talking about, no, you don't even have all your money in the stock market, let alone in one stock. So you, know, you want to have a diversity of net worth. Your house has a value. Maybe you have some properties. Maybe have some gold. I, yeah, I don't care where the value is, but you just don't dump it all in one class of asset. And expanding your business too quickly, quickly or unnecessarily. 
So when you grow a business, if you're an entrepreneur too fast, many uh, startups, many very successful businesses over over expand faster than the dollars coming in. So you got to be aware of that. Doesn't mean you can't expand fast. You just got to be careful about it. Those are some of the other things that can destroy your wealth. Be careful. Let's go to David in New Hampshire. Hi, David. Hi, Steve. This is David from New Hampshire. Um, thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Thank I have you for a making. question about a uh, commodity ETF and the, stock, the ticker symbol is G-U-N-R. I'm wondering what you think of it overall, and um, I'm wondering if now might be a good time to get in I know commodities have run a bit here. I'm, I don't know if maybe I should wait a bit, but uh, if you could uh, take a look at that, I'd appreciate it. Thanks. Okay, this is an ETF, everybody. Uh, um, Flexshare Global Upshare, Upstream Natural Resources. Exchange-traded funds seeking performance to the Morningstar Global Upstream Natural Resources Index. Natural Resources. Okay, so this is a total commodity play. It pays a nice dividend, 3.1%, and it has, a ha- has made a very nice run. Do I think the run is over? No, I don't. I think we still have more to go on this run, but you are a little bit late to the party. I might, you know, selling for 45.93, I, I would much rather see you buy in the low 40s than here, or you know, maybe 39 to 41, somewhere in that range. If you ever got a pullback, and I think you might get a pullback. But I would say you're not too late to the party. You just are a little bit late to the party, not too late to the party. I think it's, I think we still think commodities still have ways to run. Okay. So yeah, you can, you can, you can put your dip your finger in that. Not a problem. Okay, let's pivot back to an Investor Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier from New York. Hi, this is Duncan from New York. I just want to give you guys a big thank you. You guys spoke about the stock DraftKings. I've had it for a while. I've had it because I believed in it and I see the marketing, but you guys have actually taught me that even though that they're building in revenue, if it's not turning into a positive contribution margin, then the business model itself is bad. So I stopped the bleeding of my stock uh, just right in time when the stock dropped about 20%. So for all the listeners, you should definitely listen to these guys. My question is kind of similar to DraftKings. It's a stock called App Harvest, A-P-P-H. The reason why I got it, it's an agricultural stock. I do believe that there's going to be a huge need into making more efficient agriculture options. What they basically do is they just... They have uh, fruits and vegetables that, you know, you can build in these large domes, and their goal is to try to make everything more cost-efficient and use less water. It's very early in the company. I would like to know your fundamental analysis. The technical analysis looks like crap, so just give me an idea of whether or not I should stop the bleeding here or should just hold on. Thank you very much, and have a good day. Bye. It's APPH called App Harvest, develops and operates indoor farms to grow nutritious, chemical, pesticide-free, non-GMO fruits and vegetables. So you know that's very popular this day. It's a very small company, only $541 million in market cap size. Stock price is $5.38. And my biggest down, my biggest, I like the idea. I think the idea is a good idea. I think that it's a popular idea, and I think the idea could easily be a winning idea. 
but it doesn't make money. <laughs> it's going to lose. It lost. It's going to. Okay, going from the very beginning, 2019, it lost three cents a share. 2020, 19 cents a share. 2021, $1.74 a share. So that's your COVID, right? Your COVID year. 2022, we still don't have the final numbers in, but that looks like about $1.13 a share. In 2023, we, you know, that's the estimate. Next year, we're going to look at a 94 cents per share loss. No gains. Very speculative. Uh, this is something that, I, even though I like the idea, I wouldn't invest in it because they're losing money. And the, the sales, even though the, the sales are, in the September quarter, it was half a million dollars. In December quarter, the last quarter last year, $3.1 million. Now, in June of a year ago, quarter, $3.1 million. So... Why all of a sudden in the September quarter, only half a million? What what happened? Remember, this is indoor operation, so farming. So it should be a, just a steady grower. Uh, I, not for me. I don't care for it. Justin and I have said many times that we we do appreciate our diverse audience, and we thank you for that. We really do. You know, uh, we receive caller questions from across America and around the world, so Let's take a question now, this time from a listener in Denmark. Hello, uh, in this talk, this is uh, Yannick from Denmark. Thanks for your show. Uh, I had a question about ticker symbol FND for and Bitcoin Holdings. It's, it's a multi-channel specialty retailer of hard surface flooring and related accessories. It's been going down technically. I don't have it. I am con- uh, contemplating buying it. I was wondering why it went down so much. Berkshire Hathaway is Warren Buffett added to his position in this stock twice within the last six months, I believe, or nine, perhaps. So I would very much like your take on this stock and maybe some insights as to why it is in a downtrend. Thank you very much. Bye. Okay, it's a very simple reason why it went down. There's floor and decor holdings. FND operates multi-channel specialty retail of, retail of hard service flooring and related accessories. I have one up the street I was in in a month ago. Okay, looking around, got I got okay. I, I'll be admit I was confused because there was so much, and I'm trying to decide what I'm going to put on a on the flooring in a bathroom. I can't do it. I I need designer help. But it was massive. These are massive stores. It was very big. Um, and the answer why it's going down is very simple. It was at $140 a share. Today it's at $92. And today's price, based on next year's earnings, is still 30-something P.E. It's a growth stock. Sales growth are going pretty fast, 26% the most recent quarter, 28% before that, 80% before that, 40%. So it's a growth stock, and growth stocks are in disfavor disfavor and many growth stocks like this one were way overpriced so you got one of the things i need everybody out there that's listening to us understand the market has a price that it normally trades at and that price for is about a 15 to 17 pe ratio okay 15 point something is a long-term pe ratio of the s&p 500 you're talking about tech, it's closer to 18 to 20. 
But overall, it's about 15 for now, uh, well, several years, these growth stocks have been trading at much higher multiples than they should be, than the long-term average. So I find no big surprise that many of these growth stocks are coming back down to earth. It's about time. And that's what you're dealing with. You have a shorter, you know, shorter time frame than me. I go back, you know, 40 years, you know, doing this stuff. And so my time frame is, man, this is ridiculously expensive. Your time frame, if you've been doing it the last five years, is saying, hey, these are what these things normally trade at, these multiples, PE multiples, price to sales multiples, these multiples. And mine is saying, no, that's not right. What you're seeing is a, a contraction of the multiples, a normal contraction. This is not abnormal. It's just painful for those people that have been focusing only on growth stocks. That's why Justin and I have been telling you well over a year now, value, value, value. Look for value. Stop with the, the growth participation. Move to a value. And that means more commodities because that's where very little growth has been taking place and very little investments. And now it's taken off. Remember, you got to look in the windshield, not the rearview mirror when you're investing. Look forward, not backward. Okay? Thanks for the question, though. That's a good question. Okay, um, we are well, we are, we're almost through the second week of trading. We've got one more day tomorrow for um, um, March, and that means we're pretty, pretty close to the end of the quarter, first quarter of 2022. So I think it's worth the time to take a minute to make you aware of the benefits of uh, our firm. Justin Klein and I offer many different benefits, I think, at KPP Financial. We're in Irvine, California. That's in Orange County in Southern California between L.A. and San Diego County. Uh, and I will remind you that Talk and KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And what, what does that really mean? That means we offer unbiased guidance that means we buy and sell the same thing for our clients as we do for ourselves. We call that parallel investing. We have different strategies for different risk tolerances. Um, we, we try to be as forward, uh, straightforward as we possibly can. We don't hide anything. We don't have hidden agendas. We try to help people as much as we can, even if they don't become clients. That's okay with us. I mean, we want you to be clients. Don't think we don't. I'm not pretending that I'm doing this out of the goodness of my heart. You know, I do make a living at this. But I do not mind helping people. Okay? So if you just want questions about your portfolio, well, we have to take a look at your portfolio. We have to talk to you a little bit, and we'll answer the questions about your portfolio. Okay? So if you want us to review it, we will review it. But it's up to you. We can help you. We really can, and we really do want to help you. Well, give us a call. Send us an email. Go to our we our website and hit click on the contact us. Send me an email or us. We'll get it. Justin and I will answer. We will. Okay, let's jump to another question. A caller question. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. And Steve and Justin, thank you for your loyalty. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. 
Your rating is a vote of confidence that leads to higher visibility and causes more people to discover and listen to Invest Talk. So please tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk downloads at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Remember to include your brief question when you review and rate on iTunes. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24-7. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Tim and Justin. My name is Vishnu from New Jersey. I want to know what's your opinion on RXD, that's Rackspace Technology, as R is in Romeo, X is in X-ray, T is in Tango. Thank you. Okay, from New Jersey. New Jersey, by the way, is the garden state. That's their motto, and it really is a beautiful state. I know people have this image that it's not. I lived there for eight or nine years. It's a beautiful state. It really is. Anyways, uh, Rack Space Technology, RXT, provides multi-cloud technology services that design, build, and operate customers' cloud environments. Makes, it's going to make $0.95 cents a share this year after making $0.97 cents a share last year, and then a, then $1.13 a share next year, okay? Uh, decent sales growth. It's a $10 stock, a good value, good value stock. It's been falling for a while. The only negative is it has lots of debt, lots of debt. But I do like I do like what they do. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now. 888 99Chart. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. The best way to get answers that correspond with your situation is for you to submit your questions to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The 24-hour listener line never closes, so don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Good afternoon, Justin Steve. I had a podcast that I was just recently listening to, and I wondered your thoughts on it. It's a man called Jeremy Grantham on Morningstar's Longview. Um, back in early February, and he was talking about how the U.S. is in a super bubble. And it's a long podcast, but he references countries like Japan back in the 80s, and he really kind of comes down hard on what's happening right now and displays a lot of concern for what's happening. So I wondered if you had any opinions on that, if you believe that we are in a super bubble, especially with kind of the confluence of the stock market being at, all-time highs and also the housing market and if you wanted to expand on on the podcast i'd love to hear your thoughts thank you bye okay jeremy grantham's been around a long time he's a pretty smart fellow likes to write books and when he writes books he likes to sell them so he likes to he likes to have uh uh to say something that's shocking like many people on tv you know, they want to gather your interests, and many book writers do the same thing. So are we in a super bubble? No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think we're in a bubble, to be honest. Um, because I look at valuations. I think tech stocks were way overpriced, but I wouldn't say bubble. I wouldn't call it a bubble, but they're way overpriced, and now they're retracing some of that overpriced because like, you relate everything down to earnings, and, you know, and that's why... The multiples are important, and what a normal and how abnormal are we? We were getting pretty abnormal, still are. Not, you know, we're not 
you know, we're not cheap by any means. This parts of the market that was cheap was commodities. But, you know, he's talking about the whole system in a super bubble, and I don't see that. Um, a bubble, by definition, is something that most people don't even know you're in it when it happens. People ignore it. That's how the bubble gets produced. People just ignore it and say, you know, it doesn't exist. Like the dot-com bubble. That was the biggest bubble in my lifetime that I saw in the stock market because these dot-coms had no earnings but had huge prices for the stock. And they had no, they didn't even have a business plan to make earnings. That's a bubble. Um, another bubble, a housing bubble in 2007, eight, where people were borrowing, banks were lending money to people that didn't necessarily even have to have a job. Here's, here's half a million dollars. Go buy a house. What? That's a bubble. What do we have now? What's going on now? Well, we built up a very high priced over time price for growth stocks. Now that seems to be ratcheting down. Growth stocks are pretty much in a bear market right now, where the overall market's not yet. Bear market defined as down 20% or more. Correction is between 10 and 20%. Correction would be lower than 10%, but that's a correction. So we're still in a correction mode. And so I don't I, I don't think we're in this. So. Um, talk about oil. Oil is, uh, you know, Prices are super high, right, because of the, the Russia-Ukraine war. But, and of course, now the government, our government, wants our oil companies to get more oil up out of the ground. Well, it's hard. oil companies plan in the future, right? They plan their, their capital expenditures out one, five, ten years out of what they're going to spend for drilling, exploration, and all these things. Because it takes, for them to find an oil, big oil find or any kind of oil find, it takes a year, two years, three years to find it and then try to develop it. So it's not an overnight thing. Now, (coughs) when it comes to fracking, we pretty much, they pretty much exploited all the oil that they can get out of fracking. They're doing that anyways right now. But they are drilling for more. Drilling rig count has been going up for months and months and months. Rig count. Drilling for more. It's still not as much as it was during the previous administration, but they're very diligent about, they're worried about, you know, they don't still see the Biden administration be behind oil drilling, even though they say they are. So it's, it's going up. The new production from fracking will probably come online from six to nine months from now. Not today. So you know. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcasts. We'd appreciate it. Get yours in time at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And if you rate us on, on iTunes, which you can do, and we would really encourage you to do so, uh, we would love to get our, uh, our visibility up, and that's what does it. Of course, if you rate us poorly, it doesn't, but that's up to you. We want you to rate us well. Independent thing to share success. This is the best talk. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. 
Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. <music>